0: Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, March the 3rd, 2023. Congress passes the Missouri Compromise in 1820, trying to come to some agreement that will make both sides of the slavery issue happy. Basically an impossible feat. Florida enters the Union as the 27th state in 1845. It seems to be a busy day for Congress. In 1843, they approved $30,000 to study if it's practical to build an electrical telegraph system. In 1853, it's for surveying a route for the Transcontinental Railroad. And 1855, it's another $30,000 to test if camels can be used in the military. This seems to be the least practical of the measures, but the cantankerous beast did play a cameo role in the Civil War. The 43rd Mississippi Infantry had a single camel known as Old Douglas, Douglas was not a veteran of the 1855 test. Then in 1863, Congress authorizes a track width of 4 feet 8 and one half inches for the Union Pacific Railroad. There are a couple of points here. The UP was essentially a federal railroad, the eastern portion of the transcontinental route, so it makes some sense that Congress is making a decision that would otherwise seem a private matter. The second point is, in the early days of railroad, the spacing of the rails was a critical issue and there was not agreement what it should be. Since railroads were often small, regional, or even local affairs, they did not interchange cars. Therefore, they did not need to have a standard gauge. This move by Congress on their railroad might be seen as creating a national standard. The entire affair was embroiled in a North versus South debate, including the route of the Transcontinental Railroad. The southern states wanted a more southern route, but with succession, their opinion was overwhelmed by northern interest in Congress, and we got the northern route on a narrower gauge than was popular in the south. Then after the war, there was a need to rectify the differences in gauge. Between May 31st and June 1st in 1886, 11,500 miles of southern rail line, cars, and engines were switched from 5-foot gauge to 4-foot 9 inches, Still a bit wider than the 4 foot 8.5 inches. The latter is where we finally settled. That does not count a few bad spots I observed in an earlier avocation. The first organized game of indoor hockey is played in Montreal, Quebec in 1875. President Hayes takes the oath of office privately as the official inauguration day fell on a Sunday. The year is 1877. The first National Forest is established in 1891 It's the Shoshone National Forest in northwestern Wyoming. That is 14 years before the U.S. Forest Service is formed on the same day. The Star Spangled Banner is made the National Anthem in 1931. Oil is discovered in Saudi Arabia in 1938. Elvis Presley makes his first television appearance on what was normally a radio broadcast, the Louisiana Hayride, in 1955. This was several months before his debut on national TV and a year to the day before Heartbreak Hotel breaks the Billboard Top 10. The young singer was quite popular on the Hayride. In fact, it was Hayride MC Horace Logan who announced to the crowd in 1956 the now-famous phrase, Elvis has left the building. Things changed a great deal in the next 10 years. Canadian-American band Buffalo Springfield forms in 1966. The original lineup was Richie Fure, Steven Stills, Neil Young, Dewey Martin, and Bruce Palmer. Buffalo Springfield was only together for a couple of years, but members will become part of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Poco, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. One point was quite clear. In the mid-60s and 70s, bands formed, broke up, and formed new bands. It was not uncommon for a single musician to be a part of two or three well-known bands in a career. By the time you get to the late 70s, you did not see this happening as much. The Eagles may be the last band of an earlier tradition. Celebrity baker Buddy Valestero is 46. He and his family operate Carlos Bakery in Hoboken, New Jersey. An amateur video captures the beating of Rodney King by Los Angeles police in 1991. The city will erupt in riots, looting and burning when they are acquitted the next year. Now, before we go off... That this was purely police versus minority violence, part of the issue that drove the riots was relations between the black community and the Korean community in the city. Not all bias is white versus anyone else. That narrative is completely false. What needs to be remembered is there is almost universal distrust when two cultures meet. The sides do not know nor understand a host of nuances and customs. This breeds distrust, then disdain, and if allowed to run its course conflict. Look across history. English versus French, English versus Scottish, Protestant versus Catholic, especially in the Irish context. Now that one we have to be careful because that is really more than religion. It is in fact Irish versus imported Scots with the British playing devil's advocate. North versus South in the U.S., that one has morphed into urban versus rural and is very much alive today. The American ideal of a melting pot where everyone would be on an equal footing has worked quite well, if imperfectly. While the media likes to focus on our warts and blemishes, America is far more accepting than any other culture or country of our size, maybe in human history. This brings us to Scott Adams. The creator of the Dilbert cartoon has been canceled quicker than a rabid skunk. I would strongly suggest that you look beyond the mainstream media for discussions on the subject. First, there was a Rasmussen poll, published on February 22nd, that asked a couple of questions. Is it okay to be white? And can a black person be racist? The Rasmussen folks have posted video that discuss the poll and the results at length. The point they make is there is a large segment of the population that disagree with both points. And another large segment that is unsure. Adams then went on social media to offer his opinions and comment on the poll. Essentially, that if black people do not think it's okay to be white, then whites should distance themselves. Hardly a foaming racist. If the poll was reversed, it is doubtful you could even ask the question or even think of publishing the results. Just for a moment, consider the case. Is it okay to be black? And then nearly one in five disagree or strongly disagree? The media would be all over it, opining how racist America is. And let's look at the other question, again in reverse. Can a white be a racist? Then again, nearly one in five disagree with the statement. There is a good discussion on the topic on the YouTube channel, Redacted. It is worth the time to watch. America, nor any human institution, is purely noble or good. Humans are a fallen group. Furthermore, it's part of God's plan that there be a disconnect in human communication. It's called Diverse Languages and the Judgment at the Tower of Babel. We will never be able to overcome it on a grand scale. In small pockets, if we work real hard to focus on our similarities, we can suppress the basic human foible. But when you see any group or media outlet claiming otherwise, they are deluded, or worse, trying to drive a wedge and play the ends against the middle for ulterior motives. That's history and comment for the third day of March. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.